Uh, let's head to Florida now. We talked a lot last week, late last week, about the aftermath of Hurricane Ian, just how devastating it was. I'm sure you followed that over the weekend. Um, people are kayaking down streets in some remaining areas that don't have power days after Hurricane Ian carved a path of destruction on Florida's barrier islands as well as on the um, on the mainland as well. Uh, hurricane victim Thomas Fisher says all he has left is loads of luggage in his vehicle. The floors are, are ruined, the walls are down, the ceilings have all dropped down, the water level is above the roof. The whole thing is, this is everything we can salvage, this is our life. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was in Arcadia today viewing the aftermath. He called the devastation, quote, a 500-year flood event. The overall death toll has risen to 61 in Florida alone. Rescue teams have been using helicopters, boats, and jet skis to evacuate people over the past several days. We're also hearing a lot of stories of survival and a few about some really few about just pure bravery, really daring rescues. Uh, as Hurricane Ian battered Florida last week, leaving neighborhoods in the area of Naples in Florida, looking like they had been swallowed by a river. As one description goes, Johnny Louder dove into the murky water and that others were trying to escape, all to try to reach his 84-year-old mom. He doesn't live too far away, uh, but she uses a wheelchair. Uh, she lives a few blocks away, and she needed help. And so Johnny braved the waters and headed over there. And that's when, again, the former Chicago police officer, he was also a rescue diver, uh, but still, that must have been an incredible scenario. And then just the adrenaline going through you, knowing that you had to get there uh, to help your mom out. And luckily enough, it's late in Florida tonight, but Johnny Louder is here with us now. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. What a, I mean, I've, we've seen so many, we've seen the images of the water. Um, I'm yeah. wondering what it was like for you. You were in Naples. Your mom lives not too, too far away, but you must have realized at some point that that was an awful lot of water coming at you. Yeah, it's, um, it's my mom is, uh, we were actually at my son's house. Um, I live four blocks away from my son's house and my mom lives four blocks away from his house, probably about a half okay. mile. And um, we saw the signs and the warnings were coming. Um, I wanted to get everybody out. Um, my wife luckily is in Las Vegas with my mother-in-law visiting family there. They were on vacation before you was even a factor. Um, but my mom, um, I guess I would say special and stubborn is a light way of putting it, uh, refused to leave. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yes, we've all known. Yeah, yes, the truth. Um, and my boys who are uh, 20 and 26, I'm a 26 year old, uh, they didn't want to leave uh, town. They thought it was going to be like uh, Irma. We were going to have maybe a foot of water. We're in a low-lying zone. We're right next to the coast. And um, I wasn't going to abandon the family. So even if my boys would have went to a shelter, there's no way I could have went uh, with them. My mom refused to have anybody at the house with her. She's, again, special. And uh, yeah. I knew something was going to happen. Um, I'm not a social media guy. I'm not a Facebook person. But... Um, my wife being, you know, away and I have family in Miami, family in Chicago, everybody's worried. Um, the easiest way for me to communicate that we're okay was I was just snapping pictures and short videos just to say, Hey, we're alive. So we're at my son's house. Um, I knew that once the eye had passed us, all that water that was pushed out to the Gulf was going to want to come back and, um, we're watching TV. And next thing I know, my son yells out the water's here and uh there's about three feet of water outside the window um the sliding glass doors had six inches of water already accumulated and with 15 minutes if that uh, we were looking at about two feet of water pushing against the glass um at that time i knew it was uh switch is hit it's time for me to go um i took the family and we they have a it's a small flat house like a ranch house 
there's no attic, but there's a scuttle in one of the bedrooms, uh, which is the little hatches that go into like the uh, crawl space. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I pushed my, uh, I made sure my uh, two boys and uh, my son's girlfriend, a uh, bunny, a bird, and a 22-pound cat got up in there safely. Uh, they had food, uh, flashlights, phones, and, uh, and a way to break through the roof if need be. And once I knew they were in there, then I basically dove out the window. Um, the I mean, water just, was cold. <laughs> I'm sure. So listeners know, I mean, you're a former police officer. I mean, you know what it's like to be in a dangerous situation. This sounds like you yeah. jumped, like you knew that this was dangerous, that this was going to be bad. Yeah. I, when when the water was getting up high, I had my youngest actually um, on the phone with my mom the whole time. And I was, you know, it's uh, I go into go mode. My my whole family's like this. We're, we're very laser focused and uh, in crunch time. And you know, I, I'm like, update, sit rep, you know, we're, we're calling it out. And she's like, grandma reports it's at her, at her butt in the wheelchair. And then once they said belly button, then it's like, oh, God, you know, this is going to keep coming. I got to go. So um, when I got out the window, the water was still rising. Um, our cars are, are gone. Uh, I mean, they were, it was halfway up the car at the time. It was already over the hoods of the vehicles. And we're like up on a little bitty hill. Um, I got to the street and, um, it's, I've been in, you know, kayaking and rafting in level five rapids and, um, this, I can't even explain it. It didn't feel like a current. It felt like the earth was moving because it just looked like the, the ground was moving beneath you. Um, were I you trying to, were you try to walk? Were you walking um, at this point or you're trying to walk? Tra- test deep water. Um, uh, some yeah. spots I got lucky and it was at my belly button, but, um, the force was moving against me. So when right. getting to the corner. Uh, they're about a half block from my mom's street. And then it was like a straight shot. To, she's at the very end of the street. So that half mile felt like uh, 100 miles. But I got to the corner and I'm like, God, just give me a boat. And I looked to my right and there's a boat there. But unfortunately, it was on a trailer and it was chained up and no key. But I was able to grab a life jacket, uh, cushion, and uh, I just had to make my way straight. There were vans floating past me, cars floating. Uh, it was surreal. Um, I kept stopping to get catch my breath, uh, make sure that, you know, everything, you know, do like a check. And uh, my, uh, of course, my Apple Watch and my iPhone are waterproof, and everybody's texting me. You know, my wife's worried. My kids in the attic are worried. Everybody's wondering if I'm okay. So I couldn't text. My hands were wet. So I just did the next best thing. I, I was taking pictures and short videos, not realizing I was documenting the whole ordeal. Um uh-huh. Yeah, and I, once I got on her street, the current was definitely against me. Um, I'm using that flotation device to the best of my abilities, which is large. And as I stopped to look at a couple, all of the bells on the power lines were arcing. Um, it was um, surreal and pretty at the same time. And when the streets were clear, it looked like a lake. I looked up at one of the bells, and when I looked down, there's this kneeboard just floated in front of me as if some, some higher power had put it right. there. And I grabbed that, and that actually made me cutting through the water, you know, like 50% easier. Um, didn't stop, didn't stop. Um, got to my mom's uh, courtyard area where her little buildings are. And finally, I felt a, a release and ease that the pressure, there was no more current on me. It felt like now I was, like, standing in a in a lake, you know, about chest deep, like a swimming pool even. There was no no current, no anything. Uh, made a couple more status reports got to her house as quick as I can. Um, when I got to the door, nothing would budge. Our, floor, our doors down here open outward, most of them do, because of hurricanes. They don't open inward. So it's too much pressure against me. I couldn't open the door. 
I heard her screaming inside. Um, she was actually on the phone with my son and yelling to me. Um, it was uh, scary and a sigh of relief at the same time. Scary. I thought, oh, my God, she's trapped under something. Uh, she could be hurt. Uh, and a sigh of relief knowing that there was air still in her lungs. So made it to the back window, popped the back window off, and snapped a picture of her so that the family would know Grandma's safe. And uh, that's the picture that I guess has been seen everywhere now. And um, I've yeah. never seen her happier to see me. I was expecting her to say, what took you so long and did you bring me cigarettes? But uh, uh, she was she was just elated, and I was too. And I dove through the window. I knew that uh, she had been in that water a long time. She has a skin condition, which doctors can't figure out what it is. Um, after she had a shingle shot or something, her skin, um, it gets like uh, blisters on it, and it's open wounds, and right. they don't really close. So her being in that bio mucky water, I, I know wasn't good. So I, you know, there's refrigerators floating around her. I, I pulled it to the side. I stacked a table on another table and um, used a flotation device, propped her up on there, and she was shivering like a chihuahua. And I knew, you know, from my past training that that's the onset of hypothermia, and I got to get her warm. So I went to her rooms, and, and lo and behold, the only thing dry in that entire house was uh, some blue sheets. And I reached up, grabbed them, I came back in the kitchen, and she's like, not those, those are my good sheets. And I'm like, no, this is what you're getting wrapped in. Again, she's very special. Uh, so yeah. wrapped her up, yeah. um, kept her warm, and then we were riding it out. And I'm like, if this water rises higher and I have to hold her head above water, put the light vest on her and tread, then so be it. You know. How did you get her, how did you manage to, to, move, to move back out? Yeah, what we did is, uh, I, of course, said another status report to the family, the little video. Um, and then uh, my youngest son, I, I couldn't be more proud of both my boys. They're, they're so selfish. I mean, they're, um, my wife called them, they're my mini knees, but um, they, uh, my youngest knew that when the water was halfway down to start making his way to grandma to help me get her evac and get her out of there. And um, so we, uh, as soon as the water was down, we were there for about three hours dealing with the water. And then after three hours, that's when my son showed up. Um, he opened the front door, um, water came out, and then we had to get her over all the rubble and furniture and stuff. And then as we were leaving, I documented a little bit there as well, too, so my wife and everybody would be, you know, relaxed, that boy, grandma, I'm okay. Um, and then I didn't record the trek back, which was, it took us an hour and 15 minutes to make that walk. Even though that the water had subsided, it was still up to my mom's chest in the wheelchair, and it was pushing right. sideways. So my son was pushing my mom, and I happened to see another elderly neighbor of hers. Uh, it was a Haitian lady, and uh, my Creole and French isn't the greatest. I speak Spanish, but I, I understood enough to know that she said she has arthritis and can't move. She had all her possessions in a garbage bag, so I didn't have a free hand to take any pictures. I put her over my shoulders and um, grabbed her possessions, and we walked the whole trek back and got to dry ground where there was a hotel. I got her to the hotel. I said, call your family, tell them you're fine tried to get my mom in the hotel of course there's no rooms they said sorry you can't be in the lobby so then we had to make the trek to my son's house which fortunately the house that we i initially left from only got about a foot of water throughout the whole house um so once the water subsided we were able to open all doors you know sweep the water out my boys work for an air conditioning company they um so my son's girlfriend's uncle owned it um right. and my boys immediately went to work it's it's so funny because i mean we're so blessed 
um, all of Southwest Florida, 90% was without power. And my little area here, which is close to the coast, we had electricity. So wow. they brought out fans and dehumidifiers, and we're trying to make everything livable. My boys are running around the neighborhood, changing capacitors on everybody's AC to make sure that everybody's fine and help uh, you know, make sure they're back up to normal. What normal I guess is. all's well that ends well, Johnny. That's uh, and your mom's okay, right? She's 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 recovering. She's, she's all right. She's she's now we we put her in the hospital the next day because even though we got her here, we um, went back to her house to get a special bench that gets her into the bathtub. Um, I knew with those open sores and the bacteria in the water here, there's so much in the water, Florida, that can kill you, aside from gators yeah. and sharks. And um, the next morning, we got the alert that it was a boil notice, so the washing of her that we did was probably in vain. But we called EMS, uh, ambulance came, took her to Naples Community Hospital, and we were right. Um, she had some bacteria infections in some of the wounds, but they treated her. She's in a warm bed. Um, you know, she's, she's safe. It's one less concern, you know. Perfect. We lost. If, she lost everything. I lost well, everything. But, but we didn't lose family, and I didn't lose my job, and we didn't lose hope. So. Yeah, I, I guess that's that was the I was wanted to. I, I guess what now? What lies ahead is tough, right? You gotta you gotta try to rebuild what was lost. My wife, yeah. she can't come back because the flights were canceled, and I told her stay with her family there. We'll get things set up. I went to work the next the very next day. I work for a provisioner, and it's basically deli meats and. When powers are out and nobody's buying chicken and steak, they're buying lunch meat. So right. my boss looked at me like I was nuts, like, what are you doing here? And, you know, like, I need the help. And uh, I wasn't going to worry about anything else just yet, you know. And uh, no. so far, my sister-in-law in Miami started a GoFundMe for us, and I didn't even know what that was. And um, so. I'm just, like, speechless in the amount of people who have reached out to try to help us. And so many other people lost their lives and a lot more. And, it's just uh, humbling, you know. So, it's I, I always say, well, it's like yeah. life is like a computer. It has two buttons. Uh, there's the power button and the reset button. And thank God it was just our reset button. We'll be okay. Exactly. And I recommend if listeners get a chance, there's the photo of Johnny and his uh, and his mum uh, that you can see with her smiling, which is a just it's a great it's a great photo considering the circumstances. Johnny Louder, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I'm no, it's great to hear that everyone's okay and. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, I really appreciate. It. I know it's late there, so I hope you get some rest, and uh, yeah, I hope the rebuild is, goes well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you Enjoy so much. Thank you so thank much. You. Take care.